A reading from the book of Sirach. God set a father in honor over his children, a mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he is heard. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children, and when he prays, is heard. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Even if his mind fail, be considerate of him. Revile him not all the days of his life. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten. Firmly planted against the debt of your sins, a house raised in justice to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways, for you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home, your children like olive plants around your table. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Behold, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. All over these put on love, that is, the bond of perfection, and let the peace of Christ control your hearts the peace into which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as in all wisdom you teach and admonish one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands, as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, 
and avoid any bitterness toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, so they not, may not become discouraged. The word of the Lord. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer, and coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child at 
to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. As we come to this feast of the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we hear the description presented to us in this pericope of the Gospel of St. Luke. Everything is in accordance with ordinary procedure. The dictates of the law are what they are. Joseph and Mary are presented as obedient to the law of God. They are also presented as fearing the Lord in the truest sense of what the term fear of the Lord entails, a reverential regard for God as God, knowing themselves as creatures dependent upon God, this God who, mind you, has their best interest, has everyone's best interest and welfare at heart. So everything is presented as ordinary, as normal. We also gain insight as to how the Holy Family, we describe them as being poor in terms of material possessions, because ordinarily the offering for the firstborn male son that is to be consecrated to God, the offering was that of a lamb to be sacrificed. But if one could not afford that, then a pigeon or turtle dove was sufficient. And so we see this was what they presented. So we know the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were poor in terms of worldly standards. But where things take a twist is the reaction of the aged prophet Simeon and Anna the prophetess. Eighty-four years of age, fasting and praying night and day in the temple, never leaving the temple. But it's Simeon who presents words, utters prophetic words over the child that bring about amazement or marveling in the hearts of both Mary and Joseph as they hear these words spoken. And you and I could rightly put ourselves in position and, and, and empathize and put ourselves in issues that would be similar to a baptism. Everything is going accordingly, and then all of a sudden somebody just comes into the, the situation and, uh, and says, Father or Deacon, may I, can, may I take the child? And this person then begins to utter some prophetic words. Everybody's kind of like, our eyes open up, we are amazed. What is happening? What are they saying here? And it's, it's something worth noting just as it was then. But I think the most telling detail of this gospel is the response of Joseph and Mary. What the gospel says happens after all of this. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. Well, no fanfare, no party, no big hee-hee-hoo. It was just return home, we're, we're focused on the duty we have, their primary vocation, 
is to enable each other to continue to persevere in holiness of life, to realize the vocation, the calling God has upon each of them. And we gain insight as to what that entails. Very practical, straightforward advice from the wisdom literature of the book of Sirach, chapter 3 today, verses 2 through 6, 12 through 14. God sets a father in honor over his children, a mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself for them, from them. And when he prays, he is heard. He stores up riches, who reveres his mother. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children, and when he prays, is heard. Whoever reveres his father will have a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. In actuality, when it says whoever, when, um, where it says, referring to the mother, I'm trying to see here, when he prays, he is heard, he stores up riches who reveres his mother. So when he prays, he is heard, he stores up riches who reveres his mother. In other words, who glorifies one's mother. So the mother is always seen as a key, as a major key in the dynamic of the family, mind you, which is not a human institution. The family is a divine institution. God instituted the family, the family unit. And you notice, too, that it's not, it, it, there is no shame in having a small family or a large family. Both are pleasing to the Lord. Both realities, family life, mirrors the reality of God as a community within himself, a community of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What's most important with God with regard to family life is that we are willing to be in step, that we see our relationships as complementary, not as competitive, not as something that we don't see each other in relationship to one another as having to conquer this or overcome this one or that one, but how can we bear with? How can we sympathize with this other? That oftentimes reminds me of where I'm still having to grow in the virtues that highlight, that characterize what it looks like to be a member of the household of God, of the family of God. This is one of the primary reasons God chose for his son to come into the world in the context of a family. It's to show us what it looks like to live with mutual love one for another. You hear those, those uh, virtues that St. That Paul lays out in his letter to the Colossians. He, he uses the, the imagery of putting on something, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. So he knows that last one, forgiving one another, is probably the most challenging of all, and yet he gives us the incentive, remember how the Lord has forgiven you. But we do see it, it's incremental. Each of those virtues, it's like an ascent. And you know, I think about the scene of the gospel. Anna the prophetess, I would love to have known what did she say. Can you imagine somebody who spent night and day fasting and praying in the temple, and she comes and utters these words, and we don't have any idea as to what she said. We hear what, what, what Simeon said. I was telling the vigil mass I said, I'm going to look into the writings of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. She has been, there's four volumes of private revelations that Jesus conferred to her and, and visions and, and details that are not captured in the gospel. 
and it's approved by the church. So I'm going to research and see if I find out if there's anything that she says. I'm going to come back and report to you what it was that she said. And I'm sure it would be of some interest to us, some value to us. But let's speculate. What might she have prophesied? What might she have spoken of regarding this child? Perhaps she highlighted how this child would progress in wisdom, age, and grace before God in the world, and how this child would be the perfect exemplification of the virtues. But of all of the virtues, the one that would be most, most exemplary would be that virtue which perfects, which binds all of the others together, the virtue of love. When is the last time we, in relationship to each other as family, and for parents who have no children, not every, not every couple was, has been blessed with the fruits of their love in the, in the form of children, do not be discouraged. On this feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, you are invited to embrace the family of friendships you have cultivated throughout the years. All of this amounts to the movement of grace, to the transformative action of God in our midst. But perhaps we need to consider, especially as we're literally on the threshold, a couple of hours away from a new calendar year, 2024, what might the Lord, what might the Spirit be beckoning us to, beckoning you to, in particular, of those virtues, which, mind you, are the formula. It is the pattern by which the Lord presents us with to cultivate holiness of life in any context of community living, in a family, in organizations, in, in a community of the body of Christ as the church. Which one of the virtues, and perhaps we can even broaden our reflection and, and thinking, how have I grown since last year at this time to this year? Have I, do I see signs of maturation? Do I also see signs where I have struggled? It's both and, you see. Because think about it, this holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph came poor into the temple to comply with the observance of the law, and they left full of sufferings as well. And you too, a sword, shall pierce your soul so that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. This was spoken to the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> Words spoken about what God has truly desired to be among us as not one who runs away from the trials and tribulations of human life or the human condition. He's one who has embraced it. He shows us how to move through it, how to allow love to transform, to make all things new. And I would challenge us to take time, parents, if you still have young ones, and maybe now you're at the point where you're seeing your children's children as grandparents, to take the time to just gaze upon each other. Allow the Spirit to help you to marvel at the divine life that animates this person, that brought this person into existence, into your life. The, the, the situations, the circumstances that, that brought you together however many years ago. To just delight in that. To realize this is not accidental. This is being guided by the Lord who has a desire for us to have all things in him. 
of all of these virtues to such an extent that by the time everything is said and done, there can be no distinction between us and our Creator. This is one of the powerful movements of the Holy Mass because we move from this instruction of the Word of God into the communion of the Eucharist, the exchange of a heart for a heart. So wherever you find yourself struggling, as we move into the second part of this liturgy, place it on the pattern, place it in the chalice. Set yourself before the Lord with humility, with obedience, with reverential regard in imitation of the Holy Family and allow the movement of grace to spirit you into the duty, the vocation of your role in your family life, in the community. Allow love to become all in all. And as regards the littlest ones among us, when the reading was being read last night and the second reading in the last statement was says, Father, fathers, do not provoke your children so they may not become discouraged. I just happened to be looking out into the congregation and the, the daughter of one of our parishioners looked up at a, at a mother and I could see her asking, what does it mean to provoke? What does it mean to provoke? And she was looking at her mom and looking at her daddy, and then I saw the mother laugh with a smile on her face, and then I, I commented after the Mass, and I said, I saw your daughter look at you, and at the, top, the part where it says about provoking, <laughs> the child was happy to find out what it meant. Hopefully, the child won't make it difficult for the father not to provoke. <laughs> it's not easy to live as a family. But somehow, some way, it's a marked it's a marked uh, dynamic that the Lord has given to us. And so let us conclude with this paragraph of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which speaks of the hidden life of Jesus. This is paragraph 533 going into 534. The hidden life at Nazareth allows everyone to enter into fellowship with Jesus by the most ordinary events of daily life. The home of Nazareth is the school where we begin to understand the life of Jesus, the school of the gospel. First, then, a lesson of silence. May esteem for silence, that admirable and indispensable condition of mind, revive in us a lesson of, on family life. May Nazareth teach us what family life is, its communion of love, its austere and simple beauty, and its sacred and inviolable character, a lesson of work, Nazareth home of the carpenter's son. In you I would choose to understand and proclaim the service and redeeming law of human work. To conclude, I want to greet all the workers of the world, beholding up to them their great pattern, their brother, who is God. The latter part of that reflection in paragraph 533 was from Pope St. Paul VI, who was proclaiming, preaching a homily on the very feast day that we celebrate today of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I mentioned at the Christmas celebration of the Nativity of the Lord that this marks the 800th year anniversary that uh, St. Francis of Assisi established the living nativity, not as a work of art, he said, not as a work of art, but as something to enable the faithful to marvel at the humility, at the majesty and love of God, which is willing to be made visible 
and vulnerable to the one and to the ones he loves. May it please God to give us the grace we need to grow and prosper in what matters most to God going into the new year with the help of the Holy Family, of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. God love you.